0: Hello everyone and thank you for joining us on the PCICS podcast, the go-to podcast for pediatric cardiac critical care. Today we have a very special episode for you. We are at the 8th World Congress of Pediatric Cardiology and Cardiac Surgery in Washington, D.C., and as we've sort of alluded to in our prior podcast, this is the first time that the World Congress of Pediatric Cardiology and Cardiac Surgery is in the continental U.S. So the attendance is extremely high, very diverse. We have over 5,000 attendees. Is that right, Jill? Yeah,
1: 5,700.
0: Wow. And over 100 countries represented.
1: Yeah, I think 117 countries.
0: That is just astounding. And I, you can definitely see that and feel that on the ground here. Um, we have a lot of guests on our podcast and we're going to sort of go through everything uh, pretty like unstructured. This is our first ever live episode if, if it can be called that because it's going to be pretty uh, unedited, unfiltered. So if you hear weird noises, audience, we apologize. Um You probably know me. I'm David Werho. I'm a pediatric cardiac intensivist at the University of California, San Diego, and Rady Children's Hospital. And I am the consulting producer for the podcast. And I'll just have everyone go around and introduce
2: themselves.
1: Hi, I'm Jill Zender. I'm a nurse practitioner in the cardiac ICU at
3: Children's Health in Dallas.
2: I'm Jason Buckley. I am a cardiac intensivist at MUSC in Charleston. Excited to be here.
3: My name is Christy Wolf. I am the mom of a cardiac kid from Canmore, Alberta, Canada. Hi, everybody. I'm Deanna Zanatos.
4: I am a cardiac intensivist at Norton Children's Hospital, the University of Louisville, and one of the executive producers of the podcast.
0: And I think it's important to also note that Jill is like the guru for all things marketing for World Congress. What's your official title?
1: Uh, I'm the co-chair of uh, the Marketing and Communications Committee along with Grace Van Leeuwen.
0: Well, thank you all for joining us today. And I just want to start it off with the Hashcat hashtag WCPCCS2023, and um, the handle for World Congress is WCPCCS2023 on X, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I um, never
0: know what, you know, it's a lot of letters, but let's go ahead and get started. And um, why don't we start with you, Jill, since you're first in line, and um, As someone who's spent so much time, effort, and energy organizing the World Congress and helping with getting the word out, now that you're here and it's actually happening, tell us what your experience has been like.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's hard to verbalize. It's very surreal. We've been planning, and I'm only a very small part of this. I can't imagine how the organizing committee feels to see this come to fruition, but to actually see this happen and I mean, even the, even the little details about like the, the poster locations on the floor yesterday, like I'm amazed by everything to see how it has all come together and just having I'm very lucky to have a beside behind the scenes view of planning and conversations and, um, just knowing how much went into putting this together. It's so cool to see it actually happen.
0: Yeah. It's been really great being on the ground here. Jason, tell us a little bit about sort of what you've experienced here, what what you've learned so far, what your favorite sessions have been.
2: Um, first, thanks for having me. It's uh, awesome to be in person with you all, uh, as it is with everyone here at the World Congress. As Jill said, the scope is just massive. Um, and my hats go off to Jill and Dr. Jacobs and Ranofsky and all of the organizers, because it. it is running so smoothly. I'm, I, I'm just floored with how amazing the conference has been so far. Um, you know, there've been so many great sessions that I think like most live meetings, uh, especially with breakouts, there's always this, I want to go to multiple simultaneous sessions at the same time. So, uh, I have FOMO of what I've missed so far. Um, you know, the landmark lectures have been great. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, the session yesterday about, um, striving or driving for interdisciplinary excellence. Um, Some of the talks I think that have resonated include Dr. West's talk at the landmark lecture about three you percent know, mortality and and how do we move the needle beyond that plateau? It's had my brain kind of churning, you know, during a lot of the talks of the session about you know where are the opportunities and what does that three percent mean? What are the buckets within that three percent? So, uh, you know, my curiosity is is peaked, which I think is the purpose of a lot of meetings. Um, Melissa Jones gave an awesome talk about you know selfishly we're we're building an, uh, an APP program. In our CSU at MUSC, and she gave a talk titled uh, "What is a CSU APP and Where Do We Come From?" And it was just perfect uh, for for what we're trying to to build in Charleston. So, um, you know, those are those are some of the talks that uh, and sessions that I've uh, I've enjoyed so far. All right,
0: Christy, how about you? I mean, I think one of the things about World Congress and this World Congress in particular is that. Not only is it physicians and now, you know, APPs and nurses and so many different disciplines, but this is the first world Congress where there's an actually like pretty large patient and family contingent as well um, among the delegates here. So, uh, and not just from the U S but from all over the world. So I'd love to hear your experience as a, a parent of someone who had congenital heart disease and, and coming here and seeing all of this giant machine.
3: Yeah. Well, um, it's, I want to say thank you to PCICS podcast because actually listening to the couple that were introducing what the tracks were, who the people were involved with the world Congress was really helpful. So listening to those ahead of time really kind of set the stage for me because a lot of these names and people and organizations I haven't necessarily come across. So the part that I'm finding really interesting, my son is 10 years old. We're not in that critical ICU stage, um, is the neurodevelopmental side of things, as well as what's looking forward for transitions in adult care. And so there's been quite a few sessions that have involved neurodevelopment, uh, patient perspective, provider perspective, organizational perspective, and not just from the US, but from a variety of organizations. I was just in one uh, from a Canadian organization that I hadn't heard about before. So just getting to get some of that information was really, is really helpful for me.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important to note that this is also the first World Congress with the whole neurodevelopment track. Is mm-hmm. that right, Jill? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that's just, you know, it's it's the future of our field, really, because as Jason mentioned, mortality, even though 3% is still too much, 3% is so much less than what we have had to deal with in the past.
1: Yeah. I, I think we've got, well, obviously we've gotten good at the technical and helping them survive and It's been cool to see the shift to helping them thrive now. It's not just about survival. It's like, how do we help them have a good life and be just normal people, you know? There's so much that happens to them just in the ICU alone that really
3: impacts who they become when they're older. And it's cool to focus on that. Well, and I find that when we talk about patient and family mental health and well-being, we also leave the door open to talk about physician and healthcare provider mental health and wellness. So, I I find that every one of those sessions also touches on that and that starts new conversations. Yeah.
1: My favorite talk probably ever in my whole life now is in the session that you moderated. Liz Crow, she's a phenomenal speaker, but she was talking about provider well-being and you know, we take care of everybody else's heart, but we don't take care of our heart and um it, <laughs> this resonates with me, but When we tell people what we do, when we describe what we do, like and that we enjoy it, it's almost sociopathic. Like (laughs) we do really hard things, and there are not always good outcomes. And I find it. I sometimes don't tell people what I do just to not get the oh my gosh, that's so hard. How do you do that? Like kids die. Like how do I say that? Like the greatest honor of my life to be a part of that and. Um, I, I can't change that outcome, but if I can help make it better, that is that is very fulfilling to me.
3: She, the way she described that, and uh, it was just, everybody should hear that talk. Well, you know so what? She has a podcast. Um, so she's an Australian, uh, I believe, grief and wellness expert. Um, and so she also has a podcast, I think it's called five things nurses need to know, something along those lines. And so one of the recent episodes that she had put up was about grief and loss. That's her kind of specialty area, but she also works with teams and does executive coaching within hospitals. So she was a presenter that also has presented. Do you know what I mean? Like isn't just showing you slides of information, which – Sometimes happens at medical conferences. She has personality, and there's humor there, and the slides fit the situation. You can tell she's just really comfortable up there presenting.
1: Yeah, and very passionate about what she's talking about, which yeah. comes across very clearly. Yeah,
2: I heard her talk uh, at a different session, and the title of her talking, I believe, was Crucial Conversations. And same thing, such a dynamic speaker. Um, everyone was locked in. Humor Australian accents, kind of like a cheat code, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, sucked in. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I wish we had someone like that at our center. You know, someone uh, with her background and expertise about communication, because it's you know, it's part of everything that we do. Um, it's why things go well, and often why things sometimes don't go well is a communication breakdown. So um, she seems like a fantastic resource for that center and speaker, and I'm interested in the podcast now.
3: Yeah. Definitely put it in your yeah, we'll show notes to, for
2: we'll that one. We'll have to find the, the handle for yeah.
0: that.
3: Okay.
2: Deanna, what about you? What What have you learned
0: or what was your favorite session so far?
4: Um, well, I mean, like everybody said, you know, just being here with all of the people from all over the world that share the same passion um, is super cool. I think so far, well, now I have FOMO because I wasn't at that session. And (laughs) I wish that I had been there. But um, I think one of the most interesting things that I um, saw yesterday was the hypoplastic left heart um, session and hearing Dr. Lang speak about the first surgeries and them just beginning to realize that, you know, you could you could support the systemic circulation with the ductus and prostaglandins. And just kind of thinking back to the evolution of that, I thought that was really cool. And I liked the format where they just, they all had one slide and they were allowed, you know, five minutes to talk about um, different uh, aspects, things they thought we should start doing, keep doing and stop doing. Um, So I thought that that was really cool.
0: Yeah. I think that's, you know, just, being on social media that's one of the sessions that i had fomo about yesterday because i didn't go to that one and i i do think that uh some of the sessions are recorded and i think thanks to some philanthropy they will be available for free through hart university and i'm really hoping that that's one of them it i don't know exactly which ones they are going to be do you no uh, i i do think that they
1: i it is i do think that one will be recorded and available but I don't know specifically. Yeah, but
0: but it'll be great. So keep your ears open or your eyes open for something from Hart University about World Congress sessions that are open and available for free, open access medical education. What's
1: been your favorite, David?
0: My favorite? Oh, my gosh. So obviously seeing everybody is great um, and meeting people from all over the world is so interesting I like I rode the elevator in my hotel with someone from France today and like I've met people from Korea and Japan and Australia and Canada and Mexico like all over the world um, which has been great I've really loved um, the the opening session the or opening ceremony um, because it sounds like there's a siren in the I, I liked the opening ceremony because even though we sort of knew how much work went into this meeting and how much preparation and how many years and the whole process that Jeff and Gil started at a Super Bowl or a, a football game like in 2006, I believe, or something, like yeah. um, seeing them really be able to articulate that whole journey and talk about all the people who've put so much into this and then um, the in memoriam segment, like, it was so moving. It broke my heart. We've lost so many amazing surgeons, cardiologists, nurses, anesthesiologists, just so many people in our field um, since the last World Congress. And seeing their photos and their accomplishments and where they were, um, that that was more moving than I thought it was going to be. Um, and the music that accompanied it was great. Uh, and then uh, there was the, the patient. Um, who had, uh, who had an arterial switch operation, and now is like applying for med school and has like the highest MCAT score in the history of the world or yeah. something. It's 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 like amazing to see that journey of someone who is you know similar to all of the patients that we take care of and and to see him sort of recognize how things have changed, even like from his father to his lifetime and, you know, what, what is the future going to be like? That was really also very touching and moving. So I, I really, I I feel like I didn't really want to stay for the opening ceremony, but I'm so glad that I did. Um, and then the children's choir just, I mean, they were great, but they cracked me up. And like the vocabulary (laughs) of those 9 year like, who talks about the human condition and like the onus is on us (laughs) to change the trajectory of the history of the world. Like when I was, that age, I was like, I don't know, one plus one is two. I, (laughs) I was very impressed.
3: Well, and the opening ceremonies was all about story, right? The organizer's story, the story of the people that are no longer with us. I think those stories have really played into a lot of the sessions here. And the ones that I've seen that have just a single patient story or family story within a group of presentations have gone so much better than when they've had, there was just a session about patient and provider, Partnerships, and everyone in the room was patients. So, if you want to have patients or family experiences heard, like embedding those stories within other groups of talks, I think is really important to getting the cross conversation between things as well. Yeah.
2: Do you feel Christy as someone in in the patient family, you know, realm that there is a growing? presence or invitation to meetings and conferences? Because I, I see it, I think, but I go to yeah, some of the same meetings over and over again. Yeah. And by nature, hopefully we are improving and increasing from where we started. But I'm curious from your perspective, is, this, is it coming up in your circles?
3: Well, I mean... I went to the PCICS conference. That was my first time being in a cardiac conference in any way, and this is the second one. And someone commented and said, oh, you're gonna be the go-to parent now. (laughs) And so it was just interesting to hear that perspective. There are a lot more families here. and patients as well. And they have in the exhibit area this global village section, which is actually um, not the exhibitors from the hospitals and those larger organizations, but smaller organizations from across the world that are nonprofit organizations or um, like, for example, Conquering CHD is one group that's there. So it might be a parent or caregiver organizations that there that is there as well. And I think that way of building community across different organizations is really phenomenal to have.
2: Yeah, what, what piqued my interest was you said there was a room of patients and families. I didn't know, I wasn't at that session, that that many patients and families are here, which I think is excellent.
3: Well, and I think in a lot of cases, those patients or families were also connected in other ways. Um, so I think uh, that makes a difference. But it was. They were trying to talk to providers, but it was only patients. Like they asked and everybody put up their hand about whether they're with an organization that works with patients or whether they're clinicians. And and so I do think some some feedback for moving forward would be embed those sessions within larger sessions so that it's not just all patients in one space. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so cool to see how the inclusion of patients and families and things like this has evolved. Uh, because I know we talk about like, when should families be there and what should they not, like, should we have them in with our patients coding? Should we, you know, and now you, I can see the shift or are an in integral part, but like including you in things like this. And it's it's
3: just seeing that teamwork and uh, each situation evolve. has been really cool. Well, it's interesting because I can't focus on every session. There's some that are way too technical for me, like (laughs) I don't even have a chance. Uh, I went to the aortic stenosis symposium last night because that's what my son has. And I was going in thinking, how is this going to go? Like, am I going to be completely overwhelmed by the information that they're sharing? Um, But I have to say that I called my husband after. It was fine. I called my husband after and I said, do you feel like when our son was little, we realized that this was a lifelong condition? And he was like, nope. And I was like, me neither. I had zero idea. I thought that first heart surgery was like, yep, check, we're done, let's go. Um, And my dad was a cardiologist and I still had no idea uh, the extent to what it was. So I've heard a lot of conversation at this conference about um, what we tell patients and what they find out about. And I think that's changing, but I don't think it was clearly stated to us just how much this affects your life. And that's where that like neurodevelopment piece comes in for us. We're now dealing with like the social, emotional and the executive functioning issues. And, and I hear that a lot from families. So if I could say anything to your listeners, it would be really have those open and honest conversations about what the future is. And I know we can't predict it and I know it's changing all the time with each kid, but but I think like really setting the stage for those honest conversations um, is something that families need to.
4: I think that's the right there is the value of opening up this meetings like this to families, because to Jason's point earlier, that's how we get better. Like when we can actually hear from someone who's um, lived through it. And looking back, what do you wish you would have known? And that's how we can get better to communicate with our patients and their families. And um, also, you know, just thinking about what we need to focus on moving forward. It's not just getting the patient to ICU discharge. It's getting the patient to a full and productive life. And what, what things are we doing now in the ICU um, that are leading to um, the ability to do that, you know? One of the other things that I think is so cool is just meeting people from all over the world and hearing about their experience and how different it is. Um, One of the sessions I was in this morning, they were talking about, you know, the Fontan takedown um, and that being kind of like a bridge to transplant in patients who had failed Fontan. And a lady from Poland stood up and said, that's not a reality where I live, like that wouldn't be something that we could do. And then um, I met a social worker from Uganda who was talking about um, how they are getting patients, finding patients, because there's nobody to operate on them there. And they have an organization where they are able to send them to India to get heart surgery. So just so um, fascinating to be able to be in one place with people with such varied experiences. It's really cool.
3: And I think it reminds you of what we have here in North America. And just that reality that like, as a parent, I can be like, oh, this is so frustrating. But elsewhere in the world, it's not even close to an option kind of idea.
0: Yeah. I think you also feel that when you're um, walking through the posters, I mean, there's an, you know, innumerable amount of posters down there. And but like, as you walk by and you see like, oh, this is a poster from India and this is a poster from Korea, and this is a poster from all these other countries and how th- their scientific process is so similar to ours, but the problems that they're looking at and tackling and evaluating or the QI work that they're doing, um, like, it's just different things. And they have different um, challenges to come up against. And so it, it, it is really great seeing sort of that variety of international science that, that's here. And and I, I look forward to seeing a lot of those being published in the two journals that are going to be publishing some of the abstracts. But um, I think it's, it's just been very eye-opening to me because I do feel like when we go to North American meetings, even really big ones like, you know, AJ or ACC, where it's a cardiology-centric meeting, there are international folks there. But the amount of pediatric and congenital international like involvement in those meetings. I mean, being pediatric oriented at AHA or ACC already like is a much smaller part of that meeting. Whereas here, it's everybody. Mm-hmm. Every single person here has some connection to pediatric and congenital heart disease. And so having just that be the focus, but seeing it from all the different angles is so exciting. So it'll be, again, listeners, look out for um, Cardiology in the Young and World Journal of, I don't remember, but look on the website (laughs) and you'll see it, (laughs) which um, we'll have some of the abstracts. Um, One other thing that I wanted to talk about, which... I hate the exhibit hall usually at, at these kinds of meetings because it's mostly, again, it's mostly like adult devices and like companies geared towards adults. I learned almost as much just walking through the exhibit hall as I did at some of the sessions because like you you could go to talk to these companies who they're really focused on innovating for pediatric cardiac care. And so like there, there were some vendors down there yesterday that I was talking to for like Um, like the caress ventilator system that does both like positive and negative pressure non-invasive ventilation Mm -hmm. with just like, and they have all these different like chest pieces for like little tiny babies all the way up to like big kids, and they're using them in Fontan, failing Fontans to like optimize their cardiac output and just stuff like that. That you know, like I was like, oh, is this an iron lung? And he's like. That's a bit antiquated. <laughs> That's not because it, it's not just negative pressure; it's both positive and. Did negative. you try it on? No. I, I think I would like explode. <laughs> uh, but there, there's so many because you don't see that. Like, not a lot of companies really gear their innovation to pediatrics and and you know all the things that are specific to neonates down there. There's like a neonatal MRI scan slide thing that I I had my mind blown about. And then, you know, seeing also talking to them and seeing like, what are they doing? Are they using this at other centers? And seeing like, oh yeah, they use aquifresis at all of these centers and they're reporting all these great things. Or they use this um, high density formula of low osmolality at other centers and they've had zero neck in single ventricles and like all these other, you know, things that you really just don't see at the exhibit halls at other big meetings. So that was really eye-opening to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, that goes along with the, um, just talking about people from everywhere else, international stuff, like just the perspective that this has brought in so many realms is, it's, you only live in your own little bubble and to see all of the things other people are doing and how that can impact what you do. It's really been cool.
0: We'd like to take a brief moment to thank our sponsor of this episode, the Rady Children's Heart Institute which is dedicated to providing the best possible and most personalized heart care for infants, children, and adults with congenital heart defects or acquired heart disease. Our cardiologists and heart surgeons from Rady Children's Specialists of San Diego are highly experienced and skilled and will be with you every step of the way on your child's journey. Created to integrate and coordinate the research and educational programs of the cardiology and cardiovascular surgery divisions, the Heart Institute seeks to advance our knowledge and understanding of pediatric cardiology and heart disease. Our center offers a range of heart surgery and care and is a major referral center for Imperial, Riverside, and Orange Counties, as well as the Pacific Rim. Outpatient services are provided at Rady Children's Hospital and satellite locations in Encinitas, Escondido, Marietta, and Oceanside. Our 30-bed Flexicuity Cardiothoracic Intensive Care Unit with a core team of intensivists, neonatologists, nurses, advanced practice providers, and other dedicated staff delivers the full spectrum of inpatient and critical care for all patients admitted with congenital or acquired heart disease or complex airway disease. Including neonatal care, ECMO, VADS, renal replacement therapy, and more. Thank you, Rady Children's, for sponsoring this episode and for being a great place to take care of kids with heart disease.
3: Have any of you been to the other world congresses? No.
0: No,
4: it's just no. one wrong, for everybody.
3: Yes. So is it Hong Kong twenty twenty five? Are yeah. you all gonna be <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do not
1: now. It's
3: like major
1: FOMO.
0: Yeah, after experiencing it cuz I I actually didn't even know that the World Congress was a thing until I was asked to be on the marketing committee, but um but like learning about it and and then seeing the whole history of it and it is really like the Olympics of pediatric yeah. cardiology and con- congenital heart surgery. So it does give you like that feeling of I really want to go back. And, you know, it is a good excuse to like travel internationally to some very exciting places. Yeah,
4: for sure. Yes, for sure. And now normally it's every four years, right? But yeah. now it's going to be in two years because yeah. this one was pushed off because of COVID.
0: Yeah. And I think they're trying to get so, back on track. Yeah. Back, on yeah. the back
4: on the yeah. schedule. But yeah, I, will, I would love to go to Hong Kong. Sign me up. It sounds
0: like
3: so you guys are going to be on the committee. But <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we don't have to be on the committee to go to Hong Kong, though. So many of the people here are just here, like That's learning, true. learning, participating, discussing, meeting people, connecting.
3: And there are a variety of providers. So it's clinicians, it's nurses. I've met uh, uh, quite a few psychologists that are here as well. Yeah. And and I'm wondering who else is here.
2: That was one yeah. of the themes I picked up on too, which I was really happy to see, was the diversity in types of presenters. Um, you know, other themes that um, that I feel like have emerged from a meeting. We talked about the shift from mortality, to morbidity, um, mental health, psychosocial support for our patients and families, care of the team, implicit bias and disparities. I, I mean, I can't I come away early. I know the meeting's still ongoing, but just Proud to be in this field. That these are the themes that we're talking about at our international meetings, and these are the things that we're focused on. Um, I think I think we're in good hands, you know, in this field, based on what I'm hearing at these meetings and you know these talks, these platforms that we give, not only these speakers but but these topics are inspiring. Hopefully, the next generation uh, to continue doing work in these these areas that we we are saying are important. Uh, so, Proud of uh, the the field that we're in and the profession we've chosen.
1: Yeah, to to expand on what you were saying, I mean, Christy, I I I would probably wouldn't have gone to the aortic stenosis session because I wouldn't understand what they're saying. But I feel like that's like a, a a theme for me that I you know I don't I don't love the like super scientific talks and I feel like that's a lot of conferences. But and it's probably just my selection like what I've chosen to go to. But most of the talks that I have gone to are how do we make the patients better people? How do we make us better people? How do we survive this world long-term? How do we keep doing our jobs and how do we keep getting better at our jobs? It's just it's, I feel like the sh- focus has shifted on um, just improving ourselves and not, not so much the science, which I'm sure there's plenty of that. <laughs> it's just not what I've gone to, but there's a lot on just being better people.
3: Well, and I find that a lot of the sessions do a bit, like it might even be set up in a number of different sessions where they look at where we've been and where we're going. Um, And that's really helpful for somebody coming in that is, it doesn't spend all of their time in the cardiac world. So kind of seeing that for each different area, even the opening sessions did a bit of that where Mm -hmm. here's where we've been. This is what we've gone through was really helpful for me. I don't have that background knowledge.
2: Yeah. There's also been a dose of humility and, um, and our fallibility, I think, as as healthcare providers, that has been embedded in a lot of different talks. Um, I forget the name of the surgeon at uh, the, the first landmark talk, but he you know he talked about how now he's doing briefs and debriefs at the end of every operation, and he asks everyone in the operating room to go around and say what did what did you do well and what could you have done better. Um, you know, I was at a talk yesterday about. Uh, a refresh of a morbidity and mortality conference that was done in Seattle Children's, I think, by Dr. Lewin. Um, And, you know, I'm a big believer that that morbidity and mortality conference when done well and structured and inclusive of the entire care team can be not only like a vehicle for process improvement and education, but, um, you know, promote that, that word culture that we all talk about, an organizational culture of psychological safety and allowing people to speak up and resilience. You know, we, we throw that word around a lot too, but when you can talk about something that didn't go well and you can have a senior leader in the room also say, you know what, I, you know, I made a similar mistake uh, or, um, you yeah, know, this was actually not your fault. This was a system issue that we need to address on a bigger level. You know, I think that can go such a long way. It's this little tool that we all do. We all do morbidity and mortality conferences differently, right? But it's this little tool that if done well, we can all learn how to do better. Um, It may impact things like retention and workplace wellness uh, because it gives a forum where you can talk about those things that that give everybody anxiety or or keep us up at night or make that drive home difficult from the hospital. Um, So that... um, that little dose of fallibility and humility that I'm hearing in a lot of different sessions is, is awesome. It's refreshing.
3: Do you think there is space for more conversation? Because I find that these sessions, and like similar to a lot of conferences, it's like you have 15 minutes, get off the stage, 15 minutes, get off the stage, and there's no conversation in between. Um, even as presenters are switching out, I, just, I, I wonder if there would be a way to have moderators almost set the time differently. So it's not just discussion at the end, but a lot of the sessions I've been in have actually been like at round tables and you are sitting with a group of people and is there space for having conversation with the peers around you that you might not know as well?
1: Absolutely. Um, as the current program co-chair and sitting next to the former and definitely taking notes, um, <laughs> but Carly uh, Scahill is my uh, program co-chair and she's actually said the same thing, like, let's flip this. Let's... Yes do this different and like have more interactive sessions and not just sit and be spoken at, but like actually converse with people. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's a lot to be gained by that. It's it, it's challenging because that's not how conferences are usually done. So how to do it and do it well is a little bit um, anxiety provoking. But I think that's, I definitely think there's space for that.
3: KJL, my session tomorrow afternoon, Wednesday afternoon. I blocked like a part where I'm going to make people talk. So we'll see how it goes. Oh, It'll right. be a total <laughs> that's bust. <great>. But that's, <laughs> I'm coming from an education background. I was a teacher for 13 years. I go to teachers' conventions and that kind of thing. And that, there's a lot more conversation. And I think it would be easy to fit in, but you have to get used to that practice. And it's clearly not something that has been the way things have been done. So. Yeah. Try to oh, that's try something be cool. new. Well, you're moderating. Yeah, I'll be
0: there. <laughs> I look forward to seeing how that goes, and for all of our listeners, that's a preview for PCICS 2024 in San Diego, my very uh, backyard. So um, please put that on your calendars for this upcoming year, because. Uh, I think Jill and Carly are going to do an excellent job putting together like a really think outside the box kind of a meeting where there's a good mix of science, there's a lot of interdisciplinary um, discussion, there's participation from everybody and San Diego is a great place and the. F- Fun thing about the PCICS 2024 meeting is that we have the entire resort to ourselves.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say Trixie, but.
0: Oh, Trixie will be fun, too. And, you know, that's not a drag queen, but uh, (laughs) we could also have one of those. Uh, But, uh, yes, I think, you know, it's going to be a very unique PCICS because, you know, we're going to be like knee-deep in the pool drinking cocktails and talking about science and Talk it'll just unfiltered. be just be yeah
3: PCICS full.
0: <laughs> it'll be great
1: maybe that'll be yeah, the thing PCICS exciting. unfiltered
0: let's do it I like that like
1: hashtag
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we would be remiss um to finish this part of the podcast without actually you know this is the PCICS podcast and uh there was a PCICS pre-conference here at this meeting so I think um just for our listeners to sort of recap a little bit about that. It was a an early career session, mostly targeted for early career nurses, APPs, fellows. Um, and it was such a great session. And I don't know, did anyone else have the chance to go? No,
1: I spoke in the nursing academy, so I was otherwise... Meeting. Um, yes. That's I the hard thing about bummed. a big meeting.
0: I know, I know. <laughs> well, uh, it was great. There were so many different topics discussed. You can see some of it on social media. I know not a that's none of those sessions are going to be the recorded ones. But I think for me being there, it was just really nice to see a lot of new energy because I feel like I am jaded. I'm I'm not even like fully into mid-career, but I'm like an old fogey at this point. And so just to see the new energy from all the early career folks and like the questions and how almost every topic um, we, we found some way to talk about diversity and representation and talk about you know, the mental health aspects and talk about, you know, the challenges of being an early career physician or nurse or APP in a field like cardiac critical care um, in the modern era. So I think, you know, it was a really, really um, high yield session for me, even though I wasn't early career to be there. And honestly, I will say like probably 20% of the people in the audience were like, some of the big names like Sarah Tabbitt, Nancy am, Gil Wernofsky was there. And, you know, during the challenging case session, it was so fun to just hear them like come up to the mic and be like, well, yeah, but did you look at the x-ray? Like, look at the size of that heart. Like, what are you thinking about this? And, you know, I think Gil sort of had like a, Let's let's take a step back and see the forest from the trees, kind of a moment with that. So um, just having the participation in the early career session by some of the leaders in our field was also really great. But since none of you all were there, let's move on. <laughs> um, so we are recording this on Tuesday. I, I don't even know what day it is. This meeting has been so long. Um, what are you most looking forward to for the rest of the week?
4: I'm looking forward to um, more of the sessions just on culture, teamwork, mm-hmm. strategy. Um, this afternoon, there's a session on that that I'm going to be going to. And um, like Jill, those are the the sessions, I think, as I've, I'm probably very firmly mid-career. Um, <laughs> as I um, have grown in my practice and you start to feel more comfortable with your clinical work, then you start to become Um, interested in kind of the nuances of how do we get better as a team, you know, and knowledge and science and ability only takes you so far if you're not communicating and recognizing that I think though it's difficult to measure, culture directly influences outcomes. And so I'm looking forward to more sessions on that. And the one this afternoon looks really good.
3: I am looking forward to speaking actually I am not sharing a digital story from my own experience I'm going to be talking um, and sharing a digital story from another parent's perspective and that's one of the things that I really love about the work I do in digital storytelling because one thing that I worry about when people include patients and families is how much have they been told what they're presenting to who they're presenting to how much support is there for them after they present and um, and as we've talked about, when you present and no one's talking, it leaves you feeling with a really weird feeling, especially if you've presented a personal story. And so I'm interested to see how this talk goes, where I am presenting someone else's story and sharing and hopefully having some conversation there. That's awesome. I'm excited to be there.
0: I'm really looking forward to the ethics session tomorrow. I, the ethics and cardiac critical care, because I feel like, you know, it it's something that we all hate to talk about, but it's very important. And it really is like those those moral distress moments are are the thing that often make the biggest impact on us as caregivers in the ICU. And so I, I, I really look forward to that. And I will be recording a podcast um, with some of the speakers in that session. So listeners, uh, look forward to that.
2: Uh, well, I have explicit bias, but I'm looking forward to Christy's talk. Uh, <laughs> She uh, you know, gave such a powerful talk in Miami uh, last year that I wasn't able to be out in person at that time, running around, doing some organizational stuff for the meeting. But I, I think I shared on this podcast that I watched in my office and had to close the door because of how powerful uh, the message was. So I'm, I'm looking forward to being there in person this time around. And then I'm looking forward to the oral abstract presentations, I think, at a meeting this, this size, like you, Susan, you spoke to, David. Being down in the poster uh, area is overwhelming with how much uh, research has been submitted to this meeting. So I'm interested to see what's been selected as um, as kind of the crime to the crumb.
3: I, I just want to speak to that because when I heard that podcast, someone tagged me in it. And listening to you talk about my talk was incredibly powerful. Like that was a talk where I walked away and was like, what just happened like I it was it's was fine but I don't you don't have like a lot of feedback when you give a talk and it's a totally different world than I'm used to um and so that podcast was incredible if you could see me I was jumping around my kitchen <laughs> and my one of my sons was like what is going on mom
0: I think like, you have to hear this <laughs> oh, that's awesome
2: well when you hear, I mean I think a, when you hear a nurse get up to this the microphone and we're all in this world of nurses uh, you know, burning out and leaving in droves. And I know many healthcare providers are feeling the same stressors, but nurses you know, in particular seem to have taken uh, quite the brunt. To, to hear someone get up to the mic and say, I think you, know, you have revived me, I was like, this this might be it. We, we might be on to something, you know, more patient storytelling. So uh, yeah, I still remember it.
3: I think there's also a space for provider storytelling. So um I have worked with a cardiologist in Canada, an adult cardiologist who has told a story about her own experience with taking a leave of absence for mental health reasons from cardiology. And so we have presented together at conferences, just talking about kind of that process of working through something that stands out or a meaningful moment for yourself. So I actually don't think the digital storytelling side is just a patient and family thing. I think it's a provider thing. Um, one of my favorite stories is is a friend of mine who was also a nurse, and she talks about going from a cardiac parent and almost being the nurse to when a, when a healthcare provider said, you need to be the parent. And her story changes on that moment of, this is what it looks like now, and this is how I care for my child, not from the of reference of a nurse, but from a parent's perspective. And so a lot of people are in that boat where there are multiple roles within cardiology as well.
1: Yeah. I mean- what we do is not normal by any means, but we normalize it, which also makes it even harder. Um, so to have 5,700 people that are all so passionate about this and continue to do it, like, we need to share our stories because, you know, there's obviously a tremendous amount of pain and difficulty and grief for you, but also for us. Yes. And it's, we need to normalize sharing that and
3: talking about the hard and sharing stories. So I totally agree with you. I find when people watch a story, they're always, like, they may never say anything about it, but they're thinking about what's similar in their own life, regardless of the, if their experience is the same or not. And so that's one of the things that I think storytelling can bring to things like this, definitely. And
2: what are you looking for?
1: Um, I'm looking forward to... Who else am I going to meet? <laughs> I've met so many people. And it's actually hard to, like, get from ses- session to session because mm-hmm. you're, like, stopping and talking to people and then you meet new people. And I I love people and I love talking to people. So I'm excited to see who else is going to pop into my life. I don't, it's just been so fun. Like, I always come away with more new friends every conference and I'm just looking forward to who I'm going to meet next.
0: All right. Well, I think that is the end of our live uh, World Congress live recording. This is the first ever PCICS podcast that we've just done it all in one take with no editing. So excuse the sirens and the sound quality, but that's what you're getting, audience. Um, We are going to take the microphones down to the exhibit hall and try to just get some mic on the street comments from some of the conference goers. We'll we'll see how that goes. If the podcast ends abruptly after this, it's because either nobody wanted to talk to us or the sound (laughs) quality wasn't great. So listeners, stay tuned for that. But thank you again for joining us all on the PCICS podcast and World Congress Live. Um, It's been such a pleasure talking to all of you. And to our listeners, please don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our podcast website is PCICS.org forward slash podcasts. And if you're going to tweet about this, hashtag uh, WCPCCS2023 or tag the handle at PCICS2 and the handle at eighth WCPCCS 2023 Oh, there are too many C's there, but just type in 8th <laughs> World Congress and the, the, the handle will come up. Um, and don't forget to go to our website, PCICS.org, where you can find more information about how to become a member and find job listings, resources, education, um, tons. Uh, I don't have the outro memorized, so this is, you know, this is how it goes, guys. (laughs) That
4: was pretty good. (laughs) That
3: was pretty good. I was impressed, (laughs) quite honestly.
0: All right. So we will see if anyone talks to us downstairs, but thank you again.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Thanks. David. All right. We are on the ground PCICS podcast at World Congress live. I have two of my fellows here to start us off. So why don't you introduce yourselves, say where you're from, what you do, and... Tell us a little bit about your favorite thing or something you learned about at the conference.
1: Okay, my name is Libby LaSalle. I am a current third-year fellow at Radies. I'm interested in going into imaging and we just came from an anatomy session with gross specimens. So I got to look here at AV canal with all different types. It's so super cool.
0: Awesome.
1: I'm Heidi Osler and I'm also a third-year fellow at Radies. And I would just echo what Libby said. Uh, about the uh, path specimen those great to hold the specimens. And um, and then also the VR, the virtual re- reality was really fun.
0: Was that in the multimodal anatomy lab? Is that
1: No, it was an anatomy teaching session. Oh,
0: yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you guys learned something. Yeah. Thanks for joining the podcast.
1: Thanks so much for
4: having us.
0: All right. We have another guest on World Congress Live. Hi
4: everyone, Uh, I'm Amy Bigelow from Nationwide Children's Hospital here out at uh, World Congress and my favorite session thus far was the Pediatric Heart Network and Pediatric Cardiac Genetics Consortium. So very interesting session, lots of innovative ideas, translational ideas um, that I think uh, are up and coming in pediatric cardiology.
0: Awesome, thanks Amy. Welcome to World Congress Live.
1: Hello! Hello! My name is Robin Puente. I'm a cardiac intensivist at Children's National in D.C. I love World Congress because this is a chance to learn a lot of information across all different multidiscipline and get to catch up with all my friends from all of my years of being in training and in practice.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Robin. It's great to see you. All right. Here we are at World Congress Live. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your experience here?
2: Hi, my name is Malin Berghammer. I'm from Sweden, so I'm here uh, wearing two hats. I'm representing Sweden, the Heart Child Association, and I'm also
1: here with a poster.
4: Congratulations.
2: Yeah.
1: Thank you. Hi, I'm Anu Gomanzu. I'm from Nepal, and I am a public health professional, but I am also a patient advocate. I am living with rheumatic heart disease, so my voice is for congenital heart disease and rheumatic heart disease patients.
0: Wow, it's great to meet you both. Thank you for coming.
1: Hi, um, I'm Sophia Hannenberg. I'm a medical illustrator
3: uh, from Washington, D.C. and my favorite thing about the World Congress uh, has been watching all the surgical footage.
0: Oh wow, I have never met a medical illustrator. Welcome, thanks for coming. Thank you. We are here, World Congress Live with PCICS Podcast. Why don't you guys tell us who you are, where you're from and what your favorite thing has been about the World Congress?
4: I'm Mary McBride. I'm from Lurie Children's in Chicago. My favorite thing about World Congress is seeing old friends.
0: It's great to see you too, Mary. Yes, too. <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is Jamie Pank. I'm at Lurie Children's Hospital. I'm a cardiac intensivist. And by far, my favorite thing is seeing my former co-fellows uh, and I guess a little bit of the science too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a
2: common theme here, right? Are you ready? All right. Uh, Jesse Davidson from University of Colorado Children's Hospital, Colorado. I am looking forward to seeing some great uh, trainee and junior faculty science at the uh, at best abstract competitions this afternoon.
0: Yeah, the best abstract sounds super interesting. I'm I'm also in that boat.
2: All right. Um. Hey, I'm uh, Ahmad Hamad, and I'm one, one of the uh, cardiac intensivists at the University of Mississippi, and. Um, I'm excited to see everyone here. This is amazing. I don't think we have a forum like this, and I don't think there's any other pediatric subspecialty in the world that has this number of people that are dedicated to the same cause. And also meeting so many people, even from residency and medical school that are now in the field
0: years later. It's been amazing so far. Yeah, well, it's great to meet you. Thanks for being on the pod.
4: Okay, I'm Regine White. Um, I am a pediatric pharmacist at LexiComp and UpToDate. And my favorite part is just seeing how far we've come over the last 20 years in pediatric cardiology and cardiac surgery and just everyone's excitement to continue to progress and really move us forward even further.
0: Thank you, Regine. Regine taught me everything I know about pharmacy. So back at the cardiac ICU in Michigan. So thank you. We are here at World Congress live on the PCICS podcast. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and what your favorite thing about World Congress has been. Um, I'm Aaron DeWitt. I'm a cardiac intensivist at Chop. Um, I think my favorite thing so far was the heart failure abstracts. I thought they were pretty interesting. Uh, figuring out the the new things people are doing. Yeah, lots of good science here. How about you? Hi, this is Venkat Shankar. I'm from
2: Chop. Uh, I'm a cardiac ICU doc. Uh, The favorite thing was the hypoplastic left heart session last evening. Uh, It was kind of interesting to see all the
0: past and the future and all the controversies. Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about that. Deanna really liked that one, too. Well, thanks for joining us on the pod. All right. We're here at World Congress Live with the PCICS podcast. Why don't you tell us who who you are, where you're from, and what your favorite thing has been about World Congress so far? My name is Wes Diddle. Uh, I lived and worked here in D.C. until just recently, and I'll be joining my future colleagues there at uh, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia later this week. Um, I have been so happy to see the extended family that I've trained with and gotten to know over the years from so many centers and people before me and after me. It's uh, As many people as are here, this is still a very small world. And, and it's uh, it's great to see everyone.
2: Yeah, good to see you. Hi, I'm Rahul Rothen from Boston Children's Hospital. And what's your favorite thing been about uh, at the conference? Just re- reconnecting with old friends.
0: All right. Well, thanks for joining us on the pod. We are here at World Congress Live on the PCICS podcast. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and what your favorite thing has been about the Congress. Uh Kurt Schumacher. University of Michigan, cardiac intensivist and heart failure doctor. Uh, I have been impressed by the depth and breadth of material at World Congress. I was not expecting it to be as large as it is and to see so many different people with so many different spheres of expertise uh, all doing things at the same time, talking at the same time. It's It's remarkable to be here. Yeah, you always feel like you're missing something, right? Every single minute. Well, thanks for joining us on the pod. We're here live with World Congress Live on the PCICS podcast. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and what your favorite thing about the conference has been. Peter Chow, Heart Failure Transplant. What's my favorite thing about the conference? Meeting good people like you. Uh, well, I don't think we met here, but it's good to see you. See you again, yes. <laughs> thanks. All right, we are here at World Congress Live on the PCICS podcast. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, and what your favorite thing about the conference has been.
1: Uh, So I'm Kaylee. I'm a fourth year cardiac ICU fellow at Children's Hospital Los Angeles, originally from Canada, trained at BC Children's. And so far, I've just really enjoyed the networking and just meeting other fellows who are from around the country and from around the world and then just meeting other experts within the field and learning about advancements within cardiac critical care.
0: Yeah, there's so much learning to be had here. How about you? Uh, my name is Patrick. I'm also a fourth-year fellow at CHLA, and I've loved actually running into old friends and colleagues and catching up with them and also learning some amazing stuff on the side. Well, it's great to see you thriving. All right. Thank you. We are here at World Congress Live on the PCICS podcast. Tell us, who are you, where you're from, what you're doing, and what you enjoyed most about World Congress?
4: Hi, I'm Haley Hancock. I'm at Children's Mercy Kansas City. I loved the Fetal Heart Society pre-conference and the Fetal Cardiology Plenary, um, where we talked about the stop block and fast trials. It's
0: been a great Congress. Yeah, it's been a great Congress. And the pre-conference was really good. There was so much variety. How about you?
1: Hi, I'm Nicole Cresselia, a pediatric cardiologist at UCSF. Uh, My favorite so far has been the talk yesterday afternoon on hypoplasts. Uh, showing, you know, the beginning of just trying things to save these kids and also talking about how how we can get to the next level in terms of improving their survival as well as their life.
0: Yeah, I have major FOMO over that one because everyone's been tweeting about it, but hopefully it's recorded. But everybody said that that was a great session. Thanks, guys.